0: welcome welcome and i'll let people in as we go but i'm going to focus now on you guys and the presentation and delivering it because we're going to have a replay so those of you who can't join us immediately will be able to do so they will be able to catch it all tomorrow so thank you so much and welcome to the new revolution in soil science my first book was on regenerative soil was all about the new paradigm that was emerging through redox, combining our understanding of chemistry with biology, the biochemistry, because that's what the biology is actually doing. It's amazing, but this is the next chapter in that. And it really is exciting. I haven't done one of these webinars in, I think, six months, maybe longer, seven months. And so I have a lot to share. So that's what's gonna happen today. So thank you again for being here. I really appreciate you all for watching this, watching the replay, because there's a lot of information. I know that folks are gonna wanna check out the replay. First of all, why are we here? (laughs) Where are we going? Where have we been? Um, It all revolves around soil. Soil truly is the linchpin in in so many ways. And so today we're going to be talking about, about soil. But who am I? So let me just introduce myself really quick. I'm Matt Powers. I used to be a professional musician. I was a touring and studio musician in New York and LA. Last time I was in Texas, I was actually at South by Southwest and we met Billy Gibbons of ZZ Top and we ended up on stage with them. And so that was a lot of fun. And and then in the process of being a musician, I met my wife. I was actually playing bass with my teeth. And uh, she was in the crowd and uh, I didn't know she was in the crowd, but within like two weeks, we were, we were together. And then within three weeks, I basically said I loved her. And then within six months, we were married. And, <laughs> um, uh, well, it was within nine months that we were married. No, I think it was six. Well, anyway, we met in May and we were married that December. Um, so we could do the math on that one. But what happened very shortly after we started our family, a few years into our marriage, was my wife got cancer and lost her thyroid. Which, if you know, the thyroid is 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 central to your metabolism, your energy, so much. And uh, what what happened was she got cancer. And we started listening to the doctors, and then whew, we did what they said, and it like was awful and gave her cancer even more. And now they don't do that procedure, because it creates more cancer. So basically, they come in in a suit with a box, and they open the box and inside the box is another box. And they like shuffle out of the room in their suit, and my wife's not in a suit. And she opens up the smaller box and inside of it is a pill and she's supposed to eat the the pill. At this point, I I wouldn't be able to handle this like personally, like I would have, I can't do those kinds of things, right. Um, but she did, and so the radiation caused her to have severe melanoma, um, and that it almost reached her lymph nodes. And when I brought it up with the doctors, they were uh, like extremely uncomfortable and were really evasive. And it was like straight up obvious, like that they they thought that that's exactly what would cause that. And so I realized in that moment that you know her holding her trash for six months and not putting it in the, into the dump because they'd be able to detect the type of radiation and trace it back to the individual patient. That's how precise and how radioactive it is all everything she touches a Kleenex everything. So all the other ladies and older gentlemen, because it was everyone was older in that and that like cancer ward would go home on public transportation. Okay. You get me public transportation after touching it and then all their sweat, all the six months radioactive. And that's just for like the first series of ha- like, like, I think the first half-life. So, whoa, right. They're spreading cancer. And so I realized it's fundamentally and we were like 24 when this was happening. We were young, we were kids. Um, and, and and James was like a baby. And so James had to go stay with her sister. And it's like, she's a new mom separated from the baby having life threatening cancer. It was awful. You know, and I was like a bass player, you know, I wasn't like, was I wasn't well put together. (laughs) At that point in my life. Um, and, And and so we actually left New York City, I left playing music with all those bands Saturday Night lives drummer um rachel ray's husband i was like breaking into the professional scene and i left it all and it felt like like the end you know i felt like but 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 at the same time it felt really good to like have a new fresh start i like i liked california at that point and and it was it was really an awesome place to raise our kids. Um, it was an incredible time frame um, in California, in in the areas where we were. Lots changed in the areas where my, my children grew up. Um, but we we moved to be there with our parents, and and in that process, like I'm alluding to, I saw um, the progressive wildfires like encroach and then start to threaten and then like be dire threats and uncover the history of why that's happening and how that's like man-made, how they're removing the water from above and anyway. But but basically they're removing all the water from high up in the catchment so that all the foothills um, have no water for 50 years. They don't have runoff from the natural, all the, all the runoff from the mountains you know what i mean and so it's really they've been drying it out system like very very thoroughly and systematically and so that's but but raising my kids there was an incredible thing i we had great grandparents for them grandparents cousins they had dozens of cousins and so it was an incredible incredible time Um, I, i i loved it and we actually did the gerson therapy and it was driving me crazy and so hard to keep up with because of like these dang organic carrots and other things that we have to juice um and i I mean we did it for two years and she you do know what the gerson therapy is right it's intense and so it's endless juices special meals and coffee enemas and so i was like prepping and i was her like You know her her facilitator and i like was making everything and cleaning everything constantly as i was also working a full-time job and so but this stopped that initial those initial like constant hits every single year of finding new cancer um and and as soon as that was as soon as that started to happen um we we recognized that it's food that we had control over and food that um, we had to focus on and i met my best friend when we moved out west so i i like literally no regrets my best friend uh peter simon is is the producer and songwriter that partners with otis kane the r b singer who's amazing yeah uh, rasta's amazing too that's his nickname so so it's from a film like (laughs) 90s that I won't name, um, but he's uh he's an actor, um, producer, um, all these different things, and uh, we used to make music together. And now my son has worked in his studio with Grammy award-winning artists. And um, I may have like left the music industry, but like my best friend's like a producer that like lives and dies <laughs> by making music, <laughs> and so I'm always talking to him, and I'm always kind of got my one foot in the industry. Hold on one second. I want to see if um, if I can. There we go. I just wanted to let these folks in. Sorry, everyone. All right. So my boys were growing up at this time period, but my boys are big now. Like I always do these presentations and, and like I, I really want to like <laughs> the passage of time um my bo- my boys are 11 and 15 now um we live in central texas they they my son james is following in my footsteps with music but back in 2008 when we were talking about all this th- stuff moving out west things like changed like really quickly um it was 2008 you guys remember 2008 like the money dried up in the music industry and like a year or two before that, it dried up in the coach checks and the nightclubs and the catering and the events, it all started getting pinched. And I felt it before the crash. I, I, because I was, um, you know, a bass player. And so I <laughs> that's not like a stable, stable um, livelihood for the most part. Uh, and so I had to change with the times because organic was already expensive. And it's something I had to have. And so I became a substitute teacher. And then I eventually became a full time teacher because uh, and then I adopted permaculture, um, so that I could have that food. Um, This is a the Peruvian corn that I adapted to North America I was the first to do that. It's to corn. It's absolutely incredible, amazing tasting. And and, and yeah, I'm gonna be growing this in Texas because this is the climate to rock it in. Uh, and so, yeah, I just got really into food, all sorts of food, food forests. Um, this is me in the distance. And I I don't mind the heat. Um, I, I, I can work with the heat. And uh, this is grown without any watering. This is three months in, no water, 140 degree soils. So I, Am a curriculum guy, because when I became a teacher, I got included as the first student teacher in a charter school that was highly experimental and had no textbooks. So my job was as an English teacher to create individualized preps essentially create a curriculum that would be so open and inviting and empowering that everyone could add their own student centered take on it, and personalize it and co create it with me. And so I basically had like 150 different preps, and it was kind of wild, but I designed it in such a way that we were authentically learning things and didn't have homework. So their are sophomores English, and they don't have homework in an area that has traditionally had struggled with tests. And then I was able to, with that experience, to get them to have the highest test scores in the county. So w- without teaching to the test, and so I really value this idea of, of of creating a curriculum that was empowering, and inspiring and engaging. And then I got my best, I got my master's degree in best practices in education, which is, is, is just another way of saying uh, educational psychology. Um, that's been linked to pro- be, being proven in a classroom setting. So, so best practices, um, based on actual actual um, classroom uh, ad- adoption of those ideas, which is awesome. You know what I mean to be able to like do like have that because I mean th- that that didn't exist 20, 30 years ago because we didn't have the data yet. there were some theories and there was competing theories and all that. But now like it's the information's in and it's almost appalling what they teach you in master's like programs versus what they teach student teachers. It's almost opposite. And that's why I unschooled my son. But it's also why I create curriculums the way I do. I create curriculums so that it's empowering, so that um, people can go and do things. They can see the world in completely new ways. And I also make it visual. And so it all began with this first book in 2015, Permaculture Student. And I made as much as I would make in a single year as a teacher in, in in a month after taxes. And so it spread all over the world. I wrote all these books. I, I, I'm, I, I, <laughs> I got really into it um, because I really want to create that bridge to a regenerative future. And that's really what today is all about too. And regenerative, all I mean is getting better and better over time and self-healing, like every natural system that is resilient and thriving behaves like. So with soil, it's just the same thing. And so why is this all really important? Well, because we've discovered in this process that soil health equals plant health, which equals animal and human health, right. And then what's even crazier is there are microbes that are along the spectrum throughout in all of those domains. The pro EM, there's a reason that it's CCOF or an organic and we can drink it, right? and there's a reason they're endophytes and live inside plants and help digestion and help decomposition and compost because they are all part of that process. Just like rhizobia, the nitrogen fixing nodule inoculant that we put on our beans and everything is already in the manure of, of ruminants that are digesting nitrogen fixing plants. And so you could be just using compost to inoculate your fields with the rhizobia, because they're primary to decomposition, they don't get broken down in the compost, and they don't get broken down that we find them in the manure. So it's, they're not the only ones. For us, there I know of at least um, 10. But I know that there's going to be key ones that are smaller in number, That are key, and we don't see the smaller and number ones at first. This is why at first it was like NPK, and then it became NPK and calcium and magnesium. Then NPK and calcium and magnesium, you know. And then we're suddenly looking at seventeen minerals. Um, so so this is just a process of 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 what happens over time, and we are continuously in this process of tearing down the old and building up the new, honoring the past uh, as we build upon it when we stand upon you know the shoulders of giants people like dr olivia Husson, dr elaine kemp people like dr james f white um john kemp um all these people who are pioneering who are testing who are who are asking questions uh and and pushing the envelope so what are we going to learn today? Well, we're going to learn some new methods. Uh, and, and we're gonna learn how those new methods can lead to new insights. Because it, the reality is, is that um, that's always the case. And I'm going to show you what I mean by that. So this right here is one of those white plant hairs from the side of a tomato seedling. I mean, uh, not a tomato seedling. It was a um, pumpkin seedling tomato seedlings have these same exact ones, except they're smaller. I chose this one. I chose the pumpkin ones because they're so big. And you can do this as well at home. All of your pumpkins, if you're doing compost tea, if you're inoculating, and you're having living soil are going to have microbes inside these long hairs. And they're called trichomes. All plant hairs are called trichomes. And under epifluorescence, we can very easily see the microbial action, the, the bright Green glow there is fungi, and the red is chlorophyll, or, 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 or could be like airborne, um, like different, like, um, algaes or something like that. That, like, there's we don't know, I, like, so, all right, there's a lot that we don't know. And I, and I think I theorize that the air, because they just started DNA testing the air. I theorize that the air has a huge component of what we see manifesting in in our compost because we're aerating it in the compost tea because we're aerating it and on the leaf surfaces and, and on in the trichomes because that wind is constantly blowing on them and carrying everything with it and and these 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 communities are filtering, selecting, um, promoting. All the time. And so, uh, just like Dr. Langham says, that like in fortress around the plant, yes, they are inside. uh, And and, and recently, this was proven that all trichomes contain nitrogen fixing bacteria. And because, um, like, if we're talking about fragrances and like terpenes, um, because those are information created by microbes that means that the more microbes that you have the more stimulation they have which means that the more food they have and the building blocks they need to do the behaviors they do those two things and the correct habitat of course um, the more it's going to create terpenes and because terpenes are information they're communications between microbes that's more information, and the modulation, like the medicinal effects of like terpenes, because they're, you people, uh, like terpenes just alone are being bought and sold, and and like that's if we think about essential oils, like how are essential oils medicinal? It's like terpenes have effect, and so it's it's truly incredible we're going to link the microbes in the trichomes to the terpenes and their communications and what triggers what communication to trigger the a promotion or um, uh, our competition. I mean, it really depends on, on, on how it behaves, right? Because we, we gotta first see how the levers work um, but we're gonna, we, we need to figure out all this so that we can map the biology that triggers a certain terpenes. And I don't know the pathway of how it will outcompete, compete. because it would be it would be microbe and then terpene specific. Um, because these terpenes have other jobs they do inside the plant. It's not just <laughs> self serving, right. So this This is what I'm talking about though, like all these questions, all these new tests and methods. This is epifluorescence, what we're looking at here. So this really opens the door. Um, This is just a pinworm, they're pretty darn huge, but hey, why are the hairs glowing? This is the first time that's ever been documented that I can find anywhere. And everyone I've shown it to has never ever seen this before. So th- th- this is th- this is where it's at, you know, we're finding things that have never been discovered all the time. And Elaine Ingham has for years said this. And I've always like wanted to see those pictures she's talking about. And because there's not always a camera attached to like the way she does things, right? She's always got her eyes on the scope, she's doing this thing. Um, it's not being captured. It's not being shared. When I'm doing stuff on the microscope, I'm always recording. And it's always visualized on the screen in 4k. So I can you know slow it down, zoom in, do whatever with it later, review it and send the whole file to 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 another expert and be like, "Hey, have you ever seen anything like this? and have them review it and get back to me? It changes everything. And you know, that's why the database thing occurred to me, right? Uh, the rise of AG cycle, uh, this, you know, this has only really hit the consciousness of the soil community. With the arrival of James White on the AEA podcast, and then my podcast, and then my book, Regenerative Soil. And then Jeff Lowenfels read about it in my book, and then started following James, James, F., uh, James Francis White, James F. White, and Dr. White. Then they started working together, and he started giving him, I, I, I get all the stuff early as well. Um, and now he's got a book on rise of and i really want to see i really well i've read i've skimmed it i haven't read all of it but i really want to see what other insights cuz jeff's a really great researcher and so much of this stuff is uh is about that careful research and connection making so i'm really keen to see if he brings some new things to the table uh but i've got the book i'm going to be reviewing it uh, it's been just a little bit of a crazy fun week so um, this is an actual root hair and you can see the actual expelled bacteria. And so this is rhizophagy in action. I found it the first time I went to look for it. This is that same pumpkin seedling. So root hairs, and then we were just looking at the, the trichome. So the plant hairs above the, where the, where the root, root transition is on the stem same plant and it's working it's doing its thing and so we can visually verify this but no one had ever pointed this out made this um, recognizable I mean when I talked to Mike Amaranthus about this the person who created mycorrhizal inoculants initially he was like oh yeah well you know I have seen that bacteria around the phosphorus digestion but i never thought anything about it and i'm like <laughs> so it's like cuz i was asking him if if like the the pools of digestive enzymes create a situation like the like the sahara with like the savanna uh, i mean where like the lions have a kill and the hyenas come and then there's this trophic cascade of feeding and it and it that's absolutely how it how it happens but but he, and he realized that was the case but only when he saw it through that lens he had already seen it thousands and thousands of times and it's that simple that kind of fluency that can quickly develop quickly spread and then upgrade our community level of understanding really our common sense because then it's commonly held by all of us and understood this these kinds of methods this is blue methylene by the way the blue here um that's that's blue methylene right there um and in fact why don't we have some this pharmaceutical grade not recommending you do this but you know let's just have some right why not so so, yeah, blue methylene's incredible. it's a metabolic um, drug, and it is a, also a dye that was used for blue genes. It was created in the 1700s and drink it um just beware of like the that that it'll touch your serotonin so um <laughs> I'm not a doctor, not condoning it, um, but there's a great book on blue methylene on um, Audible right now that goes through the incredible science research published. I think it's like a 200-year published history in medical history. Um, it's used in all labs for 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 dying uh, microbiology of all sorts, and it targets the sick cells first, the sickest cells first. It's it's. Really wild. It's the most common malarial drug. It's what's given to people when they are actually poisoned. So, like cyanide poisoning, this is what they give you. Um, Anyway, tangent, I do that. So, this is um, traditional bright field on the left. Man, it's hard to see. And so, you crank that light up, and then you're pushing a light directly into your eye. That's not good what if we like did something different? And so that's what made me think of light field. And as soon as I did this, and I'm gonna reveal what this is in my course and in my book, and the moment I do, everyone's going to do this. This is gonna spread like wildfire because it's not it's not hard. You can do it with any bright field, anything. Um, and it, it, there's just a trick to it. Uh, and the, the reality is, plants actually look like what's on the right. And I know this because in the epifluorescence, as you've seen in some of my other pictures, probably things look like glass like that, except it's neon green, because that's the filters. And that's what it makes look like. And then like the fungi is like, really bright green, right? It's that yellowish, like just booming green, right. And but that backdrop is all green. This removes that. And it's not like a post-color correction thing with a computer. This is real time. This is me going off, on, off, on, and it looking like that, 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 that. It's that easy. So this is going to be something that becomes standardized. Um, and, and as you probably can tell, there's no cover slip on this. Why? Um, drowning things changes things crushing things changes things this is why new methodologies um, are so needful and and new just it, it feels like an open field or like the other side of a ski mountain and i'm like hey you guys notice that there's like all this fresh powder over here right you guys notice this right and it's all this untouched territory. I keep asking experts and they're like, wow, that's a great PhD question, Matt. And I'm like, you guys haven't even done this? And th- this is the thing, it, it's, it's really wild. And that's why I feel like, I don't know, I feel like this is my calling. Um, I've had so many breakthroughs in the past 30 days during the Kickstarter for regenerative soil microscopy, the book course, and there are soil database. I've had more breakthroughs in that time frame than the last six months of working on this book. <laughs> so it's like, it's, it, it's really wild what's going on. And I, and I honestly think part of it's the enthusiasm and, and part of it is that everyone is, is asking really incredible questions, but also, like I said, there's just open field of potential, and and things that just haven't been done. And so the opportunity is there for all of us to take part in this. That's really, really one of the one of the things I really want to impress upon you because the current test methods that are accepted, this is what's current Matt. That's just formalized experiments. Those are formulas. So those are like just things that have calcified and they have predictable results. Hmm. Science is always in a process of developing new experiments for deeper insights and, and, and more accurate results, right? Isn't that what science is? Science is always in a process of being like, this is how we're now writer. We think we, we understand it like this, but we're willing to be wrong to be writer. And it's this constant growth mindset, this self-examination. And if the reality is if we want to be better in the garden, on the farm, if we want better soil, we want healthier plants, healthier people, healthier foods, we have to become citizen soil scientists. And, and, and we, we can't follow these old formulas. Otherwise we'll continue to get the old results. And I'm going to have, I'm going to mix it and make it purple. I'm going to have some Tianchi. I'm not sponsored by them or anything, but I love Tianchi. All right. So we can't follow these old formulas and expect to see the same results. And I know you guys know that. It's like, the, the what's the definition of, an insa- of insanity, right? We've heard that in every movie and, you know, for how long? We can't expect to get new insights with the old formulas. So it's even more so, I was telling my son this morning, it's like my willingness to be wrong is in correlation, direct correlation to the amount of new insights I get. Um, and you know, my son, he's a musician. And so like creativity, being able to be an improv- improviser, you know, all those kinds of things, matter so much to him and it's that humility but it's also a way of kind of poising our minds to grow and avoid calcification so let's start with this this is a fun story so i got the oxford nanopore minion which is nanopore technology for dna sequencing and so it's not it's not pcr So PCR is like a delay pedal, and you are taking a signal and you're chopping it up and mutating it slightly, and you're getting a an answer that is similar to what was once there. Um, And there's, I'm not gonna, I went into this in a a talk this week, uh, in depth, but I'm not going to go into all the PCR stuff, but just know that with soil, because there is like hundreds of 1000s of different reads, putting a delay pedal on each one of those creates a total mud chaos, even at like, no cycles or low cycles, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And it's because you're combining so many signals. It's like a delay pedal, like I said, so imagine that you're if you're in a band and you put like delay pedal on the lead guitar only, it's like, womp, 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 and it's like, okay, all right, yeah, that makes sense. But it, if the tom is on one, the snare is on one, the kick is on one, and then the bass is on one, and then the keyboards are on, it creates this crazy mud and can sound like anything or nothing. And that's what PCR does. That's why they stop using PCR tests, right? For, for, for testing with, with, with blood. Uh, because it's as the inventor of PCR said, it's non-diagnostic and you take it up to 400 cycles and literally it'll read for anything. This is why people are, you know, doing PCR with, with fungi and there's worrisome results too. Like sometimes it reads as bacteria, but it was pure fungi when they, when they originally did it. And that opens up a whole nother door, I right know, but I won't go on that tangent, my point with this, though, is I did this, this work and I realized that, hey, Rudus sonomonas palustris, the great and wonderful purple non sulfobacteria, which is the crown jewel of effective microbes and biofertilizers of all sorts, is in everything that I'm testing. And then I'm like, oh, there's streptomyces, and it's showing up really strong. It's a primary decomposer in all decomposition. And then lactobacillus, you're like, Oh, wow, there's not that many. Well, horizontal gene transfer. It's there's actually a lot more. But the lactobacillus picks up the genes from other other things to create these other species through horizontal gene transfer. And that's most likely from the ambient environment around them, they're taking up dead components from the past because DNA can take up uh, millions of years, theoretically, to break down. When we do this DNA testing, it takes days. And then even then we're not breaking down the fungi, really. I mean, really, we're not breaking down the fungi. Can't break down yeast after two days of like caustic salts and proprietary chemicals and and beating and 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 constantly having it go like forever in these 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 very violent shaking motions and with with the 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 caustic beads in there and everything magnetic beads and now no this is why fungi uh they can take spores and like put them in space and come back to and then they 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 sporulate that's why a meteor could hit the planet and those spores could land on another planet with sun and water, and start fungi over there. This is the world we live in, and this is why I've 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 been kind of quiet for so long, for so many months, because I've been building up my understanding and compiling all these findings, findings, and 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 filing them away in my mind and 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 organizing my understanding so that I could share with you in a way that would be trustworthy and enlightening and and in a way that would open things up so that we would stabilize things in our understanding and open the doors properly. Because placing this new understanding properly in our current paradigm of understanding is key. It's like a leverage point. Because if we place it right, if we understand its actual function, it can be incredibly powerfully transformative. So I compared new EM to old EM, and I found that the new EM was, was, you know, primary lactobacillus, the old EM, all the lactobacillus had transformed into indigenous microorganism, lactobacilli that are like lactobacilli casei, um, the lentil lactobacilli, lacto, like all these different ones. And that's horizontal gene transfer at work. Those are the IMOs expressing dominance. And this is what you, we've heard people say, but I got to see it. And I've never seen it done before in DNA tests, but we got to see it. And I compared both of these EMs to all types of compost, vermicompost, to Johnson Sioux compost, to Beam compost. And I know people argued Beam and Johnson Sioux are the same. But literally, the company Beam sent me The compost. Okay, so that's, so so that's where that comes from. Um, and, and hot compost from catalyst bio amendments, and all of them had the effective microbes in them, all the key all stars from effective microbes. And yes, when you test EM, there's a ton of other things in there. I mean, there's like 10,000 reads of stuff. Okay. Um, it's all over the map, but so is everything. Everything's all over the map. There's like, it's like when you do start doing DNA tests and you realize like um, nothing's sanitary even the things you sanitize it's like good luck like and that's why they've got these like sterile rooms and these suits they wear and they're blasting the air with all you know what I mean like and even then, they find human DNA in their tests. But I think it's because the mobile genetic elements are ubiquitously everywhere, and they're also used by us, and they're used by everything. That's why they're mobile genetic elements, and they're like messages between and, and, and between everything, and, and because they they categorize them as human. Um, and that's where a lot of the confusion is when you um, get the, the uh, test results. Ha. All right, so EM is in all the good compost, but we can't, you know, use DNA sequencing of fungi without PCR, and that creates all that uncertainty. And so microscopy is the only way. Ah, my hand was wet; it got all crazy. But so microscopy is the only way that we actually can verify things in in, in, in a, a more conducive, um, a more certain manner so this is why dr james f white was like oh your dna testing that's cool i still prefer morphological categorization and identification even though there's an error right there and i was like there's a little kind (laughs) a kind but firm message right from one of the world's leading experts and one of the greatest teachers and so I really took that to heart. I felt his because he's such a quiet, very, very polite, very, very nice guy, that he just kind of with a little smile will say those things like, and I'll just kind of put it right there, you know. And then he'll move on. And and those those kind of statements to me always are like, oh, okay, I should go study that a little bit more. And that's where what I did. And so um you know I've, I've i've learned microscopy from all these different people so i've, I've taken a, 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 the elaine ingham intensive microscopy i've taken um biology courses um, on microscopy i've worked with all sorts of different mycologists and i've gotten books from all these different areas and combined them and i mean some of these books are hundreds of dollars each some of their pdfs were hundreds of dollars each but I had to have the information there to compare it to understand what are the principles behind all the tests so that we actually can create new tests so that we actually can see things and participate as a scientist would. And that's what we did. So another another thing I wanna to talk to you about is, is this, this thing that keeps happening to people here and there, they get compost and they're they're thinking it's going really well, and then they put it in the garden and it kills everything or kills half of the things and like it selectively kills things and they're like what's going on here, right? Two possibilities, right? Um, They had that that compost and nothing grows, where are they getting their manure? Is there dewormer in that? Is is there pesticides on that 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 agricultural organic matter waste that you're using there's all of these things that we can't see visually with the eye but if we assess with a microscope like before that compost left his composting area he would have been able to see that this is like dead. This is st- like sterilized. Like something's going on here. Something has killed everything in here. But I have this compost and it should be. That would have saved his garden. Do you guys have any people who have da- dealt with this? I know someone in Texas right now who this month told me that they killed everything. And they were talking about, I think it was on. That killed their garden, and I get it. Might have been grazon or Glyphosate Roundup, and I have the solution for Roundups Acromobacter. Um, but there's actually 16 others now that have been discovered that digest. They're all in the compost, of course. Um, and so we have the ability with EM with compost to digest these things, but there's ways to amp it up and important ways to check things with a microscope, with also other tests that we're going to talk about today, too. Because um, and this is the theme for today, if we don't look, we can't know for sure we're, when this is going to come up again. Because um, like, if you're driving, and you're in a car, and you're pulling onto the highway, if you don't look left, you can't know for sure. And you can be blindsided. That's how everything is in life. If you don't look, you can't know. And so, you know, in general, like, are we looking? How are we doing with soil? Um, because I have I've come up against this a lot, the faith-based. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm a person of faith. Faith is how I create things from nothing. I, I am a person, and you may have heard of people like me, who, when they write books, listens. I do all the research and then I get into a meditative, prayerful state and I listen and I write down what I hear. And in that process, so many new things occur to me and come to me. And so I'm not, I'm not anti-faith in any regard. I, I'm, I love faith, it's how I live, it's how I, I'm here today. But when it comes to our soil and compost, and our food for our children i think we need to be very very careful here i think about michigan and the lead in the water i think about um the fracking contamination i think about all all of these things that have happened i think about the pfa you know um uh contamination uh the dupont contamination i think about all these different things all the superfund sites all over america and the fact that people like don't test their soil they don't test their water and it's like you know they're not going to tell us until we catch them like for real they're not going to tell us until we catch them and then say hey hey what are you doing right so for me um, especially looking at my past, right? Um, I, I feel like we have to do this due diligence ourselves. And the science-based thing is is not hard and it's fun and it's cool. It's, it's just looking, it's not, you know? So let's get into this because there's someone who's like online, like been attacking me the whole time during my launch and they're like, no test for you. They're like the no soup guy, right? And the reality is I did a test on Johnson Sue's sample that I got, and it was very high in nitrates and it's incredibly important. And I get Johnson samples from all over. Um, but it, you know, it's in that alkaline state. It maybe it's, it's, it's close to neutral so we could push it. Right. We could fix it, but we have to remember that, um, there's, there's a lot more to, to, to nitrate than, um, than people like, all right. So there's a lot more to compost than just nitrate, but, but, but nitrate has a huge effect and we can't and compost is not just biological amend, amendment, There's, there's minerals in there and they the, the actual microbes have manures and their manures depending on where you are are either alkaline or acidic, are either nitrate or ammonium, just like the cow manure or the chicken manure. So this idea of testing it to me seems so basic because these generalized tests that shake tests and like the, they give you a generalized thing and that's great. You don't need to be super precise with a lot of this stuff if you're getting a baseline understanding. And especially if you're using a microscope, you're impairing these two things. So, and and, and the Lamont has been proven to be as accurate or nearly as accurate as um, university and extension center tests. So why does this matter? I thought it was all biological organic matter we were adding. It's one of the comments from my post. And the reality is, nitrates cause fast growing plants that don't go to fruit because it feeds vegetative growth. Ammonium is the reproductive growth. And yes, it's a ratio of both in reality. And so you're going to still have a little bit of nitrates in the reproductive time period, and you're going to have a little bit of ammonium in the vegetative. But as we'll see, that this is the story that has played out over and over again, and people just aren't seeing it. So they can't do anything about it. And so because these nitrates cause the plant cells to swell, they're filled with water, and they're disease prone, the pests come and the diseases come and just annihilate it. And there's more to this. The plants require four molecules of water for every nitrate molecule they absorb. So as opposed to ammonium, Um, Where they're gaining energy, because those H plus that that, that H plus right there, there's four of those. So they're gaining energy on one side, and the other side, they're losing energy, and they're having to use four times the amount of water to process it. So your plants are using up water like like really fast, and then they're releasing hydroxide. That's killing your soil. You're already, like we just saw, already alkaline. And already oxidized, you're losing even more. So it creates this erosive process that pulls us further and further away. So this idea that, like, no test for you, nitrates don't matter. Microbes, magic. I love microbes. And 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 you know what? They are magic too, I agree. But come on, like, and to be a jerk about it that's the crazy thing this person's like Mwah. and they are just like running into the wall and it's like whoa you just ran into the wall you saw that and they're like there's no wall and i'm like mm, no wall and the reality is this person is this you know the no test person is in texas so their soils are alkaline and oxidized so them not testing is hysterical. Like like it, it, it's it's hysterical. Like it's Wim Hof, are we gonna do Wim Hof? I'm just kidding. Um, but that's literally what my alarm says to do right now. Reveal, um, so, so yeah, I mean, the arid climates, they're alkaline. And so we're always gonna be wanting, when we wanna have a productive garden, to bring it down towards neutral or the 6.5 to 7, Range ish, because if we have plants in there or they're photosynthesizing, they're gonna further acidify if they're healthy around their roots in the rhizosphere to take it down into the 6.57 range. And if things are resilient and you have enough um, mineral coherence and you have enough organic matter in the soil, you actually create this ability for them to hug to that 6.57 range around their roots, even as things dry out and get wet around them. And you've seen this. There's plants that are like totally healthy and looking like normal and everything's dry. And you're like, I'm sorry, I I forgot to water, but you look kind of good, buddy. That is what's going on. So, so we, this is all stuff that, you know, this is stuff that you've seen. You've had friends who've had like the chicken manure garden. You've had friends who have, have had this happen to them. So what can we do in this situation? Well, we can lower the pH and that means you can add more water because pH is power of hydrogen. Again, simple stuff that we just don't communicate about in a way that's empowering. It was all communicated about in a way that was disempowering uh, as I was growing up. And in all the master gardener classes, there were all chemical salesmen growing up. And so that's why this information is so important. You can add more water. You can add EM, it's acidic Um, and has energy and it's going to add amino acids, it's going to add protons, the the microbes are going to do that work and you can leave it for longer. So you can add EM and then let it mature from there and ferment. and you can spike it with inoculants or you can add more fungal foods and then leave it longer. So there's actually a combination of things that you can do depending on what exactly is the linchpin for uh, what the breakdown was, uh, what the missing link was. So it's like, this is all very simple, but folks aren't pairing microscopy work with simple home tests like MPK testing, which skews the conclusions. So this guy wasn't even doing tests, but even if he was doing just one test and his microscopy test, he wouldn't have the level of depth of insight if he had just done MPK test and a pH test. I mean, the phosphorus tells you like, how dangerous your, your compost is in regards to the my- mycorrhizal fungi. So, if you're testing for your phosphorus and your phosphorus is really high in your compost, that's going to inhibit the growth of fungi in the soil. Not good. So, you're like, well, what do I do with that? Make it into a, a foliar for the reproductive cycle time period of those plants. And then you're watering it onto them when they're starting that reproductive. And I mean, yeah, yeah, you might, depending on what you're growing, the reproductive phase might not want compost tea on it at certain phases, no doubt. But in the early phase, you absolutely can be hitting it with that and having that result. Um, because we're li- 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 like, you know, like I said, um, there's different times for everything. And also different forms. And then we can transform things onto um, often the next level in succession or the next form in the process for the plant using microbiology. And, and, and again, like that's just folks with one test, and like that no test guy is like, man, he's like out to lunch or out to sea, and like hopefully he makes it back to us. But often, you know, I get asked like in that same breath, in that same kind of like context, I get asked, well, all right, Matt, I I see all this complexity. Ah, what's the number one best thing to do for for soil? Like what's one thing, What, what should I do? And it's have an open mind. It's the same kind of advice I would give the no test guy. It's like, can you just try it? Have you tried it? What did you learn? What did it show you? Because you did the test. I didn't do the test. And that kind of invitation for growth, I think is so critical for learning and for the community at large to get better. And it's really just holistic thinking and that's how I work out like everything and how I read all my books. And so a, like a fundamental question I have, like with all of this is like, if this is a science, then, then why, why aren't we behaving like it's a science? Because that means we need to be doing testing and reflection to have more informed action. And so that we need we need to create new tests to have new insights. Um, because if it's like solutions to compaction like don't differ, it's it's all kind of the same, you know, aeration amendments, organic matter levels being raised, adding the right biology, fixing the calcium and magnesium ratios, achieving mineral coherence and raising paramagnetism, growing a vigorous and diverse cover crop in that context but what works fastest at the longest lasting effect and the most beneficial effects is often lost in like this fog of what is good, better and best like, like per your bioregion, region, like what, what, what is, what is going to work best in terms of that cover crop? What is going to work best in terms of transferring like, like, uh, the carbonaceous exudation into long term organic matter that's stable in the soil, it's going to differ. And those subtleties are going to become, as we iterate upon them, as good, better, best becomes best, and then as best becomes good, better, best again, and we start raising and, and getting more and more refined, we're going to unlock things that have never been seen before. And Everything that I have seen has shown that we can only do this with a microscope as as the linchpin between all these different disciplines. It's the tool that's used in all these different areas. And it's also like the only way to look at certain things, improve certain things and see the way things behave. And and, and, and making things more natural, like not using a cover slip to crush like the root making things more natural has been a huge part of the process of me creating these new, new methods and new tests. Because when we allow things to actually look more and behave more naturally, we see a lot more, and we see a lot more behaviors play out. And because of that, we can actually map the way that nutrients are cycling, plants are are behaving and how they're protected. It's, it's incredible. So, so the RSOIL database was what, what came to me. This, this logo is by my son, my 11-year-old son created that logo. I think he did a great job. Um, but this, this database is a place where we can actually combine all those test methods in a public, open, transparent, open code and, and, and free to use and free to look up anything on database so that all this research all these new tests and and all of my own tests and my own results and images can be seen and shared in a public database independent of you know like university pressures journalism publishing pressures and then it's community managed like ranked and 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 feedback all of that the 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 incredible thing is we have the opportunity with so many of us working together, learning these skills, and then entering the database and the beta testing part to set the bar, having the interpretation in place. As we have people come in, they'll be able to follow the five-star entries for the images separate from the five-star images and videos for interpretation. And so it will allow the cream to rise to the top, whether you're really good at working the microscope or whether you're really good at interpreting, and it will allow for us all to see how healthy soils, biologically rich, minerally coherent soils are directly correlated always with the healthiest plants. So the highest organic matter levels, the the most diverse Microbiologies, the 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 very specific endophytes that protect plants and nourish plants within them and regulate their microbiomes, all of these things were going to and and they they have silos and they're pro, they've been proven out. And then in certain case scenarios, they've shown parts of it. But just like when I was talking to Jeff Lowenfels, he was like, oh, they've got a database. It's fungal to bacteria and pH, they've got it. And I'm like, but there's no data in that on the minerals. There's no data on that on the actual microscope work. And there's no data on that with any of the metrics around the plant health, the plant nutrient density. So, so, and, and this is the case with so many things where, where, where you have you know a pinhole into it and they're like we've seen it we've got it our team figured it out and i'm like listen everyone's teams working on different parts of it and together we can say that we're under we're we're we're, we're pushing forward with our understanding right right to create a more holistic understanding but that hasn't been done and so we had we had to take the you know the ball into our hands and and run with it and so that's what I did with this Kickstarter and you all came out in support. And you guys cleared the field, and allowed me to just run with the ball. And that's what's happening right now on the Kickstarter. If you guys don't know, it's over 220%. Uh people are joining because they want the insights and they want to participate because this this is this is how we actually figure out the good, better, best. And because it's People are going to rise to the top in this. I'm not, they're good people that I don't even know yet. They're people that are independent of everything I'm doing because it'll be open. To, we're going to find people who are doing things that have never been shared before. We're going to find outliers. We're going to find exceptions and caveats and fast paced, you know, like we're going to find that, that highway speed lane solution through the community, through discussion and sharing. And consultants, you're going to be, you're going to be noticed. You're, you're going to be ranked by your peers. And so the cream will rise to the top. You'll be able to learn rapidly. The more time you put in, the more evaluation you put in, the, the faster you'll learn. Uh, the more you review the library and follow other people who are high like five star, uh, uh interpreters and five star images, uh, I mean, documenters, you're going to develop your eye. And that good, better, best process is going to work on you. And as it works on us individually, the way we talk, the way we share and work collectively will change. And as that happens, as a group, and I've seen this happen, there's some, going back to that guy with the magic, this is where the magic is. This is it we start seeing breakthroughs, epiphanies, aha moments, big questions, new ways of doing things, and it just takes off. And I cannot wait, because that's what's been happening to me in private. I've been working with my mentors and and groups of scientists to to verify things. And you got to bust this out and include everyone. Uh, There's so much here. There's so much here and i mean we're talking about food being grown in in weeks instead of months and some people arguing days theoretically we're talking and i could understand that with like peas and certain things but then they're also showing that with certain indoor cultivation operations with light and and colors of light and all these different things so this is happening right now and every bioregion will have these nuances it all will be accelerating the regenerative processes. And microscopes always are consistently the linchpin between the mineral, the biological, the mycological, and the physical sciences. So you actually can can use a polarized lens and diagnose all the different minerals because everything has a wavelength. So you already can tell the minerals in your compost in your soil without going to the extension center. And I'm gonna create references for that so that we'll have that in the database so that other people can use essentially the same slides that I'm using to establish their, uh, their, their, their setup. But that's what we're all going to be doing for each other. I mean, I'm spending the money on getting the exact thickness of the prepared slides for the, the, the from geologists for the minerals, so that when I do the actual color chart and the wavelengths, we get it precisely right, so that you have that and it'll probably be public. But think about that being applied to like everything. So people are like, oh yeah, let's do that for microplastics. So you get your compost from chip drop or something like that, or the local compost thing, and you can test it for microplastics, Huh? right? This is the future, okay? We're going to empower each other to protect our bodies, to protect our children, to, to to have the biology that actually helps us process. I mean, it was so wonderful for my wife to like inform me that chlorella helps remove lead from the body. I grew up in a lead paint house and I removed lead off of a pipe when I was eight or nine and then struggled in school for many years afterwards until I switched to organic. And then several years after eating organic and juicing green juices, lots of green juices, I suddenly, um, had a huge um, leap in my um, in an intellectual capacity. Of course, you had to layer in the fact that I had stopped drinking alcohol. I stopped drinking alcohol, and like two to three years after that, I suddenly had a memory um, that was photographic like never before. And I had like somewhat photographic memory, but not like this. I had a, it was basically like my mom's photographic memory got got given to me once I stopped drinking. Um tangent. (laughs) But we can only understand what we take the time to perceive. And so if we don't, if we don't take the time to really see what's in the soil, if we don't identify and communicate what we can see in the soil, if we don't take the time to learn how to see, we don't perceive them. And so you can have your microscope and you can just jump in, in into the database. But if you have no training, you might not see anything. You might go on there and be like, ah, oh, it's lots of shapes and stuff. And looks like how it does behind my eyes when I close them and there's a bright sun out or something like that, you know? And so it's it's our understanding and our ability to like work with the microscope, our ability to understand, differentiate things in the this space. All of it takes time and fluency. And the way we learned as kids um, is, is what I've been really trying to work on creating. And so in that context, we can only honor people doing the right thing if we can see their work. And we can only if we can measure it over time, and then compare it to other examples. And that's actually how they improve too. So this is not just um, for our way of evaluating them, it's a way for them to evaluate themselves so that they can understand good, better, best, and they can improve. This is what functional practice is. And this is what defines people who become the masters, people who become the outliers. They all do functional practice. Um, and it's that measuring over time. So to that end, the RSO database is going to rank globally and bioregionally, the organic matter, highest organic matter levels in the soil soil uh, samples. And then like the compost samples, and these are gonna rotate, these top tens are gonna rotate. So highest rated members, that's for their interpretations and their, their um, quality of their images combined and so these are people that you can click on and follow obviously these are mock up ben Frankia, michael riser michael rise anyone anyone yeah yeah these are this is a mock up okay <laughs> though i do feel like singing frog farms will be one of the highest farms with uh, with organic uh, in terms of organic matter level percentages but having these metrics allows us to push each other to buy from the people who are doing the right thing. And then also to identify what feedstocks, what composting type, how long, and then what results do you get from that compost and its effect on those plants and the DNA testing of all that um, per bioregion. Because it's going to be certain feedstocks are going to be like the all stars, certain processes are going to be the all stars. And so it's that good, better, best thing again. This is how we figure it out. This is the only way we figure it out. Because otherwise they turn things into products and just sell us the product, right? Because that's the way they make money. If it's just truth, if we just figure out what is truer, constantly getting better and better and better, we are going to arrive at what's best and we are going to be able to DIY it. We're gonna be able to track it. And that means we're gonna be able to select for it and create market demand around it. And it's gonna change the way everyone farms, the way everyone shops, the way that food is grown, the way, the, the way food interacts with our bodies and the overall, our health of the environment and ourselves will improve. It, it's, it's exponential too. This is, this is probably the greatest thing I've ever, the greatest idea I've ever come up with and it's fully funded, so it's going to happen. And the team behind it is so excited. They're all in, they're so excited about it. And not only that, we have so many volunteers that are also coders as well. They've all told me that my the, the choice of Mongo and Python is solid and excellent and they're all ready because because you have to know the language you know, to actually help. Um, and everyone that I've asked, who's like, I want to help. I want to make sure this is done right. I'm like, is this right? They've all said that's the right first step. And it's all in the languages they know. So they're all going to be able to help and give their two cents and guide us in refinement over time for the open source code process. So this is open, transparent, community-based, and it's going to change everything. And I'm going to have like a nominal fee for people who want to be members and and check out any of the analytics and measure anything against anything and also have incredible tools, automated tools that allow for all the tedious parts like bacterial counting, bacterial biomass, fungal biomass uh, counting, uh, calculation, mycorrhizal inoculation ratios and percentages, um, all of that. We're going to make that all more automated, and then fully readable and automated over time. But first, we're going to be working with an automated system. So that it makes the counting and calculation part easier, but just start with the picture, we're going to do it off of the picture. And then it's going to be able to just read the pictures, you know, to be able to upload. It's the it's so exciting. And that's going to allow all the all the people who are doing soil testing, all the consultants to do more work, do more testing because the more testing you get, the more holistic your actual image is. And we're going to get into why that's really important here in a second. So we can only learn when we are able to see the relationship between cause and effect. Um, if we don't see those things, we're we're essentially blind. So lately the world's kind of felt like a tale of two cities, you know, the worst of times, the best of times. So I I feel like we're on a horizon um, and there's something coming and it's going to change everything and it revolves around the science because the science deals with our food, food scarcity, economic pressure, all the local economies, the backbones for all the local economies, the natural capital for all the local economies, um, the health. the, the, the microbiological like fears that people have can be put to rest, like so many of these things are about to be taken, taken off the table as concerns because of what we're doing here today. So a tale of two labs, certified soil web labs in a certain country in Europe were given a sample from the same farm and they got divergent results And the farmer exposed that and it was embarrassing. And so they said, hey, we are gonna do this together in front of everyone. And so they decided that they would redo the test over Zoom and they would do it together and they did it together. And what happened was they got divergent results again. And they're like clink, clink, clink together, everything in rhythm and timing. And then they're doing it together and they're doing the math, checking each other's math. Divergent. And so the whole fungal, the bacterial biomass calculation method um, was put into question for this student of mine. And this 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 lab owner a commercial lab owner, is a student of mine in regenerative soil. And, and so they were telling me like, Matt, you have to figure this out. Matt, you have to make sure that people know that like there's these caveats, there's these things that are going on and, and behind the scenes, like people are worried about this and people are all questioning and no one knows what to say and it's all awkward. And, and so I I immediately realized that we were doing things wrong when I first got into it. And so I found that the biology labs are doing the logical count method And so it's not random five fields, just, you know, willy nilly. There's an actual methodology around this. And then they're having the the computers do the counting. They're doing live dead test stains. So they're more accurate than just viability or no epifluorescence and bright field, which is like incredibly hard to do actual counts from there. I mean, they're all staining their, their, my, microbial assays, they're, they're staining their bacteria and fungi and then putting it into these machines, and the machines are counting for them, um, like flow cytometers. So, so we're trying to manually do something that the commercial labs uh, have a, a, a method for that was standardized the logical count method a long time ago. And then they're also now upgrading that to using the flow cytometer. So that means that we could do the same thing by creating a more automated system of doing it using online tools. And that's what we're going to do. So people are gonna be able to automate that process and the the calculations. People are gonna be able to do the microbiometer as a secondary check on it, they're going to be able to do the Haney and the Salvita respiration check uh, um, test as a secondary check on it, and and it's that three D authentic perspective on fungal to bacterial ratios that's so critically important, and it also is the question of DNA sequencing as well of like which which fungi and which bacteria, so we have to we have to delve deeper. Into why these things are happening, and then create a new system that prevents these kinds of confusions from developing. So, they do need a database to continue their fluency, right? Like, that's what's happening. They're doing it by themselves, and they think they've got it. Um, they've got maybe a couple soil mentors and a couple peers they're working with but they don't have a database to compare it against. They don't have a global community to help them improve their fluency. And then, you know, let's minimize me on on this a little bit. So th- there's even more on the fungal to bacteria ratio out there. If you're actually reading some of the reports, some of the literature that's being published, you're going to find that some people like with, you know, institutes, soil food web institutes, soil food web certified labs are struggling with the fungal, the bacterial ratios. And, you know, my thought is like, they need new test methods, like the ones that I'm pioneering, because you get new understanding with new test methods. And, this database is how they're gonna increase their fluency because huh, we don't see their actual microscope images. So how do we know that they did a, a great job of assessing their fungal to bacterial ratios? And they didn't do a check on it, like the micro uh, microbiometer, which is a fungal to bacterial ratio, a way of calculating it. Um, it's a little bit different than doing it by eye, which is good because then it can be contrasted against it. So so they didn't do anything to increase their fluency, it felt like from that paper that I was reading. And I don't think they really had access to anything that actually could at that point. And that's why when I read that, I felt obligated to create something and, and, and to invite everyone everywhere to join us on this journey of development, this journey of exploration documentation and deeper learning because when there's 0.01 percent of nematodes that have been actually identified we're really at the beginning of the process we need to have serious humility but we also need to have very clear toolkit and clear understanding of what we're doing so that we don't trick ourselves (laughs) we don't create um you know, gardening myths because those things happen all the time um, when 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 people are doing these sorts of things with the one test mindset. So, what if you became a citizen scientist? What if you began unlocking what is inside your soil, inside your compost, and were able to react and respond to cue to foster, to generate change in the microbiology and the minerals and the expression of your plants and to be able to verify it, to be able to zoom in on the exact changes and effects that the steps and the actions that you've taken have had on that soil and on the environment we all have the ability to work with a microscope to learn more. And the microscopes don't have to be incredibly costly. And if you've been reading my first book, if you know my first book, you know how I work. I'm always gonna make it so it's valuable. This is, this is the, 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 this is, and, and, and real, that it will actually have an effect the usu permaculture garden this college permaculture garden in utah doubled their harvest using my book just the book the co-creator of permaculture itself by the way we say co-creator right he was 17 when he wrote the thesis to graduate college that turned into the first book on permaculture and the professor that was his flatmate at the time said hey Let's, let's co-write this together, help you polish it up. And with my name on it, it'll go places. So who's the, who's the real genius here? I think David, David is. (laughs) So Dr. David Holmgren, this is the book he uses now. And the, the course that went along with it, we're going to have a course that goes along with this new book as well, just the same exact way. All these things are patterned the same way. And this is an award winning landscaper from Los Angeles. They were on the, they were have like a giant picture, full page article in the LA Times less than a month ago wearing the t shirt that he got from me, Mike Garcia. And this is his, this is what he says about my class. He's taken LA names courses, very useful, but it's nothing like my courses getting more out of this course takes the best of all the different minds and soil regeneration i did the same thing with the microscopy people who are teaching college like leslie they're changing everything from because of what they're learning in in, in this first the, the first regenerative soil course it's going to be the same thing with this next regen this next in the series and and i'm also going to make it so that's understandable christina talks about how she was intimidated by this idea. It's like, this is chemistry, this is all but it's approachable, it's doable, because we make it hands on. And I answer every single one of your questions. And this is what I do. I've, I was a high school teacher in an area where, where, you know, people struggled, and I and i turned things that were really complicated visually into understandable curriculums that would allow them to incorporated into their own personal understanding and lives and apply to things that matter to them really is what I did. And so it took off for them. I can do the same thing for you. In my course, this next book and this next course patterned after the first, it's number two in the trilogy, regenerative soil DNA, I bet you I bet you can guess some of the things that will be in the regenerative soil DNA, if you've been following along with all my work, you know that this has to be said, the DNA stuff has to be said, and I'm going to go through all the different techniques. And I'm actually going to go, I'm going to do a lot of um, really wild experiments um, with the DNA. And I'm going to invest in doing an array of DNA because there's so many different preps you can do for the DNA. And so I really want to invest in that and show the same sample being tested at different uh, in different ways. But for right now, the linchpin is the microscopy. And even doing soil DNA, you won't be able to understand what's going on in your soil from just the soil DNA. So all of these things fit together. And that's why I've been writing soil DNA as I've been writing regenerative soil microscopy. And that's how I know late next year, we're probably gonna have have another Kickstarter. (laughs) All right. So this is the table of contents for the book. It's really straightforward. It's really powerful. And it's something that everyone can do. We're going to tell you what it is, how to do it, the supplies you'll need, the morphological guide, the test protocols, the test rubrics, so you can actually read your results, test case studies showing how the where these test results came from, how to read those test results. And the conclusions and what I'm going to do because of those test results, to give you a holistic example, and obviously I'm going to be pulling stuff from the first book, and hinting at stuff from the next book in that section as well. But that 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 is going to become so powerful because that kind of application and synthesis is going to be also in the regenerative DNA course uh, and, and book as well. But that allows us to really incorporate all this stuff into our own practice and to be able to, um, develop the fluency and eye for, for how to interpret things. And then I'm going to talk about the best tests to pair with regenerative soil microscopy, because we need to know what tests work and, and, and and how they interact and what combinations of tests give us the most accurate insights so that you can start with just a few, and then over time, keep building your repertoire of tests. Um, but but initially like i said and bk ph cec you know salinity um redox like there's a bunch of things that are actually bricks you know like pretty darn affordable that you can get and participate so i've got some sample pages up here that shows you some of what we're doing um but we can learn not just bright field which is what i learned in the intensive from from Elaine ingham and in what she teaches in the soil food web schools um but you can learn light field which is a technique that i discovered this past month and uh it's i mean i feel i, I feel like it's i can't wait to explain it <laughs> it's the right way to actually visualize these things um and it's If you look at the epifluorescence down there, which is another discipline, another method of visualizing microbes and roots, you can see fungi glows that bright green. This is how you see fungi instantly. But you can also see how it's like glass and and see through. This is just like light field. This is why I started thinking about creating this method so we'd actually see things in a more accurate way. And then dark field, which is classic and it allows us to visualize things much like the James Webb telescope. It's unbelievable. It looks like space and in fact, we know less about the soil beneath our feet than we do about the space outside of our universe and solar system. And at the same time, we also have epifluorescence adaptation methods for bright field microscopes that I'm working on right now, we just have to calibrate things that I may have to actually physically go up to New Jersey and, and, and and be there um, while we calibrate the light so that I can verify, because there's just multiple steps to this, um, because you have the excitation, so that it excites the things so that it creates that bright light of the fungi, and then you have the emission which actually cuts off the light at a certain frequency so that it only lets up certain light. And if you are too wide with your bandwidth, it all floods itself out. So we're gonna have that so that you can take a bright field microscope that's like 300, $400 or used for 200 and you can actually do epifluorescence which is like a $6,000 microscope thing. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And that came to me during the launch as well. And one of the things that I discovered in my the past six months was a new live dead te- uh, viability testing. Um, the FDA viability testing doesn't show dead versus alive that um, that uh, I learned from Elaine Ingham back in the day. The FDA, um, the fluorescence uh, diacetate that she uses to this day and recommends um, doesn't show you dead, uh, and yeah, and there are microbes that digest it, so they don't actually show it. So, so I really prefer, and it's also more expensive than um, the the test um, protocol that I came up with with a malarial drug um, and a cancer. It's an anti-cancer, it's cancer-fighting drug um, that is so common, it's like a byproduct from like the seventeen hundreds. Again, like blue methylene, right? Like, what were they doing in the 1700s, right? Amazing things. Um, oh, I know what they were doing. They were all citizen scientists, right? And I know that that, that was the time period that people think of the gentleman scientists and the rich scientists. Um, <clears throat> um, I know from my childhood, because my mom stacked my house full with value tales, that there was as many women as there were men pioneering in the 1700s and 1800s in science doing incredible things mary curie i know she died and that's sad but but she she was you know she was like an elaine ingham so and then and the list goes like on so i i really i really like value the citizen science ethic the home laboratory us communicating our ideas, being bold, being vulnerable, and being kind and conscientious, and and always leaning on the on the side of like, well, I'm willing to be wrong to be writer. And that's the only way we make room in ourselves for new insights and ideas. So this course, it's a certification course. And it's to prepare us to work on the database and to work as a soil consultant or compost consultant or a landscape restoration consultant or um, working uh, in like a, a cultivation greenhouse or a large operation. It doesn't matter, all of the skills will play out in all those, those um, different avenues of application from this course. So gardeners, farmers, all like you will benefit and it will just like regenerative soil, Be able to scale up or scale down depending on your context and your needs, but be written in such a way that you understand the formulas that you can transition to farmer at any point in any time and do so with confidence. And like, that makes me feel so good to say that because it's like right now, we need people to transition hard into farming and to make it profitable. They need to be successful and it's through regenerative soil, regenerative ag that they're going to make the profit. I mean, you know, organic ag had its moment, and I buy are only organic, but I want to buy regenerative organic only and local regenerative. It um, doesn't even have to have an organic label if it's regenerative um, and it's local, and I know the people doing it, um, because like that's the real future, and and empowering those people, buying from those people, but also making it so those people just outcompete everyone else around them. That's what, that's what, that's what really helps being so good. And that's what regenerative soil does for people. So uh, that's the same plan here, visual, how tos, live Q and a live demos and personal feedback from me. That's how you get your certification. Um, just like with regenerative soil, uh, there's a process, there's a refinement process, and then, um, there's an evaluation process and uh, you're supported throughout it you have lifetime access you have lifetime access to do that so you're like matt i'm so new on this i'm just gonna join i'm gonna be a fly on the wall for the first time and then i feel like maybe next time going through it the second time uh, 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 then i'll ask for my certification maybe if i feel comfortable that's fine could be the third time the fourth time you can take this course as many times as you want Everyone's a lifetime member because I care about them actually learning the information and being able to do it. That's what I actually care about. I, I, it's it's so many of these like communities, like online, and like you, 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 if you look into like the way they're run, they're constantly doing this churn thing. They're people. What do you mean churning? Drives me nuts. These are my community. These are my people. These are my students. Why would I kick them out? Mm. Makes me mad. It's like people online edu- call themselves educating. They call themselves courses and blah. I'm, like, I'm an educator, you know what I mean? My mom was a teacher that created special ed curriculum for the first time in America. It went viral, and then all middle schools were able to have special ed programs. I believe in this. Um, education can set us free. Ed- education can change the world. And if we can empower each other through that education, we can set each other free and we can set the greatness in each other free. And that's mo- that's that's really what I want. I want things to be happening independent of me that are coming out of you and you living your best life. And so uh, to that end, we're actually, um, w- w- I'm a- going to increase the, the access to the RSOIL database because we've gone so deep. It's over 220% that have backed this campaign. So I'm gonna give everyone an extra year in the database um, if if we keep going you know if we if we hit 400 percent I'll add more and maybe come up with more surprises um, and and obviously more tools um, and then we'll arrive at the tools um, like their their actual reading uh, machine learning side of things much much sooner and uh, again it's lifetime access to all the community because we'll have a we have a private, we have a private social network that's not connected to anything. Um, It's great. It's plain, very plain. It's like vanilla. And all you have to do is like go to that thing and it's just soil. And so it's like, you know, that flavor, nothing else. You know what I mean? It's not like every flavor in the world mixed in with like, cause I mean the social media, right. It's like every flavor in the world mixed in with like garbage stink and like, like, like rotten smells. And like, <laughs> it's, it's hard, but the, the the communities are incredible. They're the my refuge online. They're what gives me strength to, to keep going with the social media ex, experiment. Because I see that social media works incredibly well, when it's separated from their algorithms, when it's separated from the garbage, when it's focused around a common mission. It's, it's the most incredible thing. It's the promise of what actually can be. Um, and it also contrasts so harshly with what they're doing on uh, the main social media sites that it shows um, uh, how adversarial those are. So let's, let's make something positive in the world happen. Let's have regenerative soil microscopy, a new book, online course, and our soil database happen. Well, I mean, actually, it's already going to happen. It's already been funded. It's over double funded. And I have a sneaking suspicion we're going to hit triple 300%, I feel like maybe even today. Because people everywhere are understanding that they don't have to take people's, you know, word for it, they can look for themselves. They don't have to just do one test. They can do it themselves. And On top of all those things, we actually have kits, so you can have all the tools that come with it. And then all my students always get 40% off all their microscopes with LW Scientific, which is, they're the reason why my my images are so incredible, because their microscopes are medical grade, they're optically just superior. Um, But you can get away with an OMAX and an AM scope, that's my AM scope, it works really well, just optically it's like, you can see everything but this is like the james webb telescope cross with a ferrari that i get to ride into the micro universe and it, it, it makes national geographic level pictures it's unbelievable it's 4k you know i mean it's hard um but you could get 40 off of that in my course and so i've got all the supplies for you i've got microscope recommendations you can check it all out this is the kickstarter to back this is my most successful kickstarter ever and i believe it's because there's a real need for this to happen there's the, there's no other way that we can figure out these next steps to navigate across this valley and get to the other side to over that threshold It's going to take community sourced solutions. It's going to take open transparency of our test results. And it's going to take holistic testing, combining the plant with the soil, all the tests we can get from those regions and then over time and as many tests as possible across the breadth and the correlations that will come out of that over time, every single test added in, even if it's a solitary test, like a, Texas a Extension Center test, that will increase in value exponentially because all the other people that are doing that test along with the other tests are going to create correlative relationships. And you're gonna be able to see over time that like, this is likely going on in my soil, this is likely going on in my soil. And so you'll know which tests are wise investments. So you're like, hey, Matt, I'm not gonna be buying everything. I'm not gonna be doing everything. I'll contribute my Texas A&M things to your thing. And then in two years, you double back and start looking at that and then, oh my word, you're like, hey, you know, I think I'm gonna do a boron test. Um, and that's an option from Texas A&M, but it's more money and maybe you didn't do it. And then you're like, I, and then you see like, like the fungi test and you're like, oh, wow, that readout looks exactly like mine and it's dead there's no fungi maybe that's why the the this doesn't establish or the that doesn't establish or that's why that pest attacked that you suddenly get all these these insights and then you're like oh i've never tested for micronutrients but look everyone in my bioregion that tests for molybdenum is low or selenium or cobalt Oh, and it's only in this river valley. You better believe things are like that, or this ridge, or this um, salt pan, or all of these geological areas are going to have unique expressions. All of these bioregions are gonna have unique expressions. And the only way we map them, the only way we find those caveats conditions is by aligning them and looking at them over time. So comparing ourselves to our bioregional across, um, across the world, to our last samples is how we improve. And, 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 and being able to enter it, being able to, to, to have the time of sampling, the day of sampling, um, all of these, these details allow us to create this comparative database. So you could be comparing things from redox, there's salinity, compaction. I mean, what's the relationship of redox to nematodes? Hmm. What are the species changes across redox? Hmm. All these questions I I've never seen any studies on yet, but this will just show that over time, and then like the moon cycle. If the moon has influence on the tides, and it does, won't it have influence on the microbes that exist on films of water on, on the soil particles? Yeah, it would, or, or would it? This will just show that. All that, those kinds of questions like the biodynamic compost questions, all the results, the nutrient density, all the results over time will be revealed. And it's, it's only in this kind of open test format, open format for testing that we actually can have that play out. And so that's why it has to be free and to, to search through and to upload and participate in so that's going that's going to be a feature but all the tools all the deeper analytics that's for members and the ability to take any entry and then reinterpret it members um but 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 they will be funding those members will be funding the creation of the machine learning the upkeep of the site the addition of new test methods into the 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 database and into all the the spreadsheets um so, we're going to be able to figure things out and connect things to like DNA sequencing for the first time. Things like the bionutrient meter, paramagnetism, amino sugar testing, which is a form of nitrogen that comes from insect bodies, comes from chitin. So, and of course, that's a factor, but it never was measured before. So, you can develop your fluency by taking your in revision image and then looking up all the, the, well, in this case, the nematodes that you think it is. You're like, I think they're fungal feeders up. Oh, it's a fungal feeder or, oh no, it's not. It has those two circles beneath the stylet uh, it looks quite phallic. Yeah. Yeah. That is actually a root feeder and terrible. You know what I mean? And so you be able to instantly see these sort of things. And I know the cartoons can be very useful for initializing our fluency and helping us look at, like helping our eyes to focus on what's important, but they don't help us very much longer after that. This is what actually helps us uh, learn fluency. Just like when we are a kid and we see a dog, we're like, hey, dog, I love dogs, dogs. Every dog's a dog. And then one day you're like, dad, what's that Dada? What's that? What's that special dog? What's that weird dog? What's that dog? Dog, the weird dog. And it's like a pug. And you're like pug dog, pug dog, pug dog. And, and that's how we because we've seen enough dogs. And now we differentiate. It's how all of our brains work, even at the most complex level, we develop schema. And we bundle those those individuated skills into one whole and that allows us to shift up because it becomes part of our automaticity and then we can do more. The only way that automaticity and fluency is built is in an immersive environment, like a database and a living community. So that's the only way that we actually can, can pro- progress as a soil scientist, citizen scientist movement. So if we don't do this, the confusion will just continue. And um, I feel really bad for those folks that had um, that farmer do the samples on both of them that must have felt awful. But out of that, we can have something good happen, we can have more answers open up to more people. And it's in that process of working together that community sourced solution based system that everything can happen. So will you join us? will you join us in regenerative soil will you join us in the regenerative soil microscopy this this series this community this now the Our soil database is all part of this movement to make the world a better place through aligning ourselves with natural cycles in ways that are profitable in ways that are verifiable in ways that are locally empowering that we can we can hang our hat on these things. We can base a business on these things. We can improve all of our food, all of our farming and make our local communities so much more resilient. And that's what it's really all about. So there's not much time left. There's a there's there's 2 days left in change. Um Sunday morning at 8 a.m. central time, 6 a.m. Pacific time, it closes. So I know it's random, um, but that's when I was approved and I just clicked, let's go as soon as it was approved because it was late on being approved. And so I just got wildly excited. So it's going to end at a really awkward time. So please share it. Sign up soon so that you don't miss the window because when it's closed, it's closed. Share with your friends and the folks that you know that love compost, soil, and microscopes, you know who they are. The wild ones, but like those people, because we need those passionate, enthusiastic and engaged people to do this work, Uh, a because it's going to be so much fun. And those kind of people make it even more fun. I mean, like those, those, those are the people that feed me, Um, people that are endlessly curious asking questions and wanting to push things further and, and like get out there and get their hands dirty. Yeah, bring them all let's do this together. because. we're going to see so much more together. Only in the community source solutions patterns are we able to get past our own limitations of expectation and assumption and see. I mean, it, it, this is why I'm a teacher. If you want to go to the highest level of, 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 of learning, you teach it. And only when we are in a community. Of teachers, do we refine ourselves? And so when we're doing our own work on this database and we're interpreting it and we're sharing with the world, we are literally standing and delivering. We are teaching. We are being teachers to the world together as a community, and we're, we're helping each other refining it better at the same time. And this has never been done before um, all these different combinations of things put together, but obviously it's going to happen. We've reached we've reached our goal, double our goal, and everyone who's participating is going to get an extra year of access to the RSOIL database, and that's after the beta testing. So I'm not letting this cat out of the bag until all the until we go through the beta testing process. Every month during the beta testing process, we're going to have a monthly live gathering. We're going to have uh, uh, forms google forms we're going to do uh, polls and we're going to get feedback we're going to let you speak uh, at the zooms at the gathering to speak you, your voice and share what you think so that we can have the most effective the most powerful and the most useful because if it's undeniably useful and this is the exact plan right here every single person that gardens who creates compost, who farms, who does soil consulting, will feel like it's a must have to be on this database and using the tools that are on this database because the insights they get from it are invaluable. And they they allow them to make the best decisions for their farm, for their family, for their food, for the future. And only when we have a database like this, when we have the training so that we can actually see the things that we're talking about? Can we push the science further and go to the next level? So the Kickstarter ends this weekend. Click the link before it's too late. I'm going to put the link down below right now for everyone to check out. Thank you all for being here. If, if you have the link and you're faster than me, feel free to put it on there. I'm going to Grab it right now. (laughs) Thank you all for being here. This has been so much fun. All right. Here it is. There's the link. Check out the link. Go there right now. I will be here. You can tab it out. You can sign up for it. You can support it. And we will begin the live Q&A in five to 10 minutes. I'm going to turn off my screen right now and allow you to go do that. And I will see you back here in exactly five minutes, not five to 10, exactly five minutes. So head over there, grab a drink of water. We've been here together for, for two hours. So it's, a, it's two hours on the nose. We're timing, not timing, but it looks like we're timing. Um, so I will meet you back here in just a minute Um, refresh yourself, hop on the Kickstarter, and then we'll begin the live Q&A. Thank you all.